Good morning and welcome to the June 5th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we are on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling. I am Ryan Joy here with John DeConti, and it's Monday on the show, so that means we are going over Monday Night Raw from 1995. It's a look back at this uh, this incredible year that gave us WrestleMania 11 and the birth of the Monday Night Wars, although we haven't got to the wars yet. John, this episode... It snuck a good match in here. It's probably the best match we've seen on these Monday Night Raw rewatches. A match that just was unlike what was being, what has been presented for the six, seven, eight weeks that we've been doing this. Like we just haven't seen a match like this, and it's absolutely no surprise who one of the people in the match was, and really not much of a surprise who the other one was, because no one is wrestling like Owen Hart at this time. And Davy Boy, you've got Brett, you've got Davy, you've got HBK. There are a few people who could make for a perfect dance partner with him, and that's and this is what you get. Right, exactly. Yeah, most of the matches have been one or two minute. Now, I will give credit to Alundra Blaze Medusa way back on April third. She had a really, really terrific match. It was only like eight minutes. This one was about twice as long in the end, but we'll get to that, I guess, as we go through. But this is June 5th, 1995, the Struthers Auditorium in Struthers, Ohio. For the most part, this was a live episode of Raw, but the match that John was just talking about was not on the Raw taping. When we get to that, we'll talk about that. We get the cold open, we see the WWF blimp flying overhead, and Bob Backlund is campaigning outside the arena. Of course, he is still running for president on a platform of basically all Americans are scumbags and uneducated (laughs) so he doesn't seem to like the people he hopes to rule over (laughs) yes so far we know we're going to school 12 months out of the year so the may 29th episode that we talked about last week broke the record for the most the highest rated show so far in monday night raw history it was a 3.9 rating which it must have been just slightly above the Diesel and Bam Bam Bigelow Raw from April 24th that we talked about because that one had previously broken the record with also a 3.9 rating. So it must have just been slight uptick from there. That's good news, I suppose. But also yeah. of note, that WrestleMania 11 televised one-hour special that was going to be airing with alternate commentary on the Diesel and Shawn Michaels match and stuff like that. Never happened. So in the week that's transpired, yeah, it got canceled. Now, and it's funny that a bunch of people weighed in on this. So WWE basically said there was uncertainty because there was a playoff game, I think, playoff basketball, I think. Although, is that the right time of year? I don't even, I don't think Um, so. Yes, it would be. Okay. So playoff basketball game is what WWE is saying. WCW weighed in on it as well, and they just said that NBC exec, the NBC exec that would make the call, was on vacation when the deal was struck, and he came back and canceled it. <laughs> Whatever or it could be that anyone that was in charge actually saw WrestleMania 11 and then went to their boss and went, are you kidding me? No, don't bother. The other th- weird thing that happened on television, and I'm pulling this from the rest of the June 5th Wrestling Observer newsletter, the NBC, not only did they not show WrestleMania 11, but during one of the games, the playoff basketball games, Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart 
were in the front row of the basketball game. And they even had Hogan was like posing during a break or something like that. And of course, Hogan and Jimmy Hart are working for WCW at this point. So, so the wars that, are heating up before they're even actually declared war. Yes. And WWF felt the sting of Hogan being on that broadcast so much so that later in this episode, we are going to revisit Yokozuna dropping the leg on him at King of the Ring. <laughs> that is absolutely the perfect amount of Vince McMahon pettiness. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So all that's happening is we get the cold open, the blimp, some Bob Backlund campaigning. Vince McMahon comes in, explains that we've got the Bulldog and Owen Hart in a King of the Ring qualifying tournament match. Jerry the King Lawler tells us that Jean-Pierre Lafitte is going to be on the episode, and he's really excited about Lafitte because the stipulation of the new Bret Hart-Jerry Lawler match has been established. And we're going to get into that as we go through the episode. And also the Body Donnas are going to make their debut on this week's episode of Raw. Oh, boy. Yes. So they let the cat out, cat out of the bag. It's going to be a kiss my foot match at this year's King of the Ring. And I knew, John, that there was a kiss my foot match in the Jerry Lawler and Bret Hart feud. I presumed it was going to be at this King of the Ring pay-per-view. I just yeah, it makes sense. Again, we just spent some time... Uh talking recently about the history of Kane and how that will play into it and whatnot. So yeah, I knew that one was somewhere down the line and it just made sense. Turns yeah. out the timing is perfect. Yeah. Savio Vega, he makes his Monday Night Raw debut as Savio Vega, getting a win over Kenny Kendall in two minutes, one second. So when we talked about the Bulldog Owen thing, this was the comparison style match. These exactly. Monday Night Raw matches have been squash matches on television. What do you think of the finish? Uh, do, do we call that? Is that an octopus? I guess I. Okay, so I called it an a, a sort of a modified abdominal stretch because he was yeah. like standing. An octopus, the guy crawls on top like a. True. You yeah. almost picture Tajiri doing it. Yeah, right? yeah. It makes the opponent carry his weight, whereas Savio Vega did it with one foot on the ground. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it so I wrote that it was a modified abdominal stretch, and if you can imagine this, almost like a standing Fujiwara armbar. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. He was across the body and yanking on those shoulders. So yeah. Once again, Savio Vega, not a small guy. And winning with a submission, not with power. Okay. <laughs> it's brought the finish because that is a two-minute match. There's not much to talk about here. But exactly. the finish, I don't think I've ever saw, seen Savio Vega do this. He, I think of Savio Vega, I think that spinning heel kick, and that's basically it. But also, how about... <laughs> just, I can't even get it out. He has both his name and the WF logo shaved <laughs> into the back of his head. This is like employee of the month, like ass kisser, right? Like he is so happy to not be wearing the Quang mask and to be working for WWF that he put his company's name on the back of his head and put his name over the top. Basically like, I don't need a name tag. I've got it shaved into my head. <laughs> it's, it's even better than your name across your shoulders on a football jersey. It's right on the dude's head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. We do get a video package for Diesel. Don't forget, he's our WWF champion. He's out with injury. He went to go see Dr. Andrews. And then we follow that up with Ted DiBiase promo saying that Sid and Tatanka will be sending Diesel right back to Dr. Andrews. Plus, they're going to send Bam Bam Bigelow with him. I I think, yes, both Tatanka and Sid said something as well, but I didn't write that down. Yeah, I mean, Sid, every time he opens his mouth. Now, hang on. He doesn't ever open his mouth. Well, yeah. <laughs> every time sounds come out through his gritted teeth, right. I'm re-reminded just how terrible he was. Yeah. He did main event WrestleMania twice. Yeah. So he gets that accolade although they were both bad wrestlemania 8 (laughs) wrestlemania 13 we see sunny and skip warming up skip is running the stairs and no sweat it was a no sweat promo (laughs) it It was kind of rough it feels like you know they you give the wwf back in this era and especially the coming era credit for just letting people go and be themselves and do their own thing as a diametrically opposed to the scripted promo era that we've just been in. But I guess there are some times where people could have used a little help because mm. yeah, all credit to Sonny and Candido for who they would become and how much they would entertain me in multiple different ways throughout their careers. They probably could have used some direction here. Yeah, but perhaps just not feeling the gimmick that they were straddled with so whatever the best gimmick in the house goes to barry dadinsky for sure he has decided that we didn't sell enough in your house shirts last month we're going to start selling the king of the ring shirts early and you can go ahead and get one it's only 18 bucks the king of the ring shirt now i think it would be at least 35 yeah probably (laughs) not much of a shirt though it just says king of the ring on the front and right something on the back but and then we do get that skip debut he's going up against barry horowitz no doubt they are the most physically fit couple in the bf skip and sunny sunny has some unpleasant words for the crowd skip drops a top buckle leg drop two minutes barry doesn't even get a chance to pat himself on the back the definition of cheap heat it's exactly todd pettingale with the king of the ring report and what i wrote down is he got himself a haircut yeah, the moulet is gone. That's right. Okay, so the official rundown for King of the Ring so far is Diesel and Bam versus Sid and Tatanka. That's the main event. And then we have the tournament, Mabel versus The Undertaker in the opening round, Shawn Michaels versus Kama in the opening round, the Bob Holly is going to be wrestling the roadie in the opening round, and then Razor Ramon is set to face off with Owen Hart, or the British Bulldog, depending on who wins tonight's match. So then finally, we have Jerry the King Lawler versus Brett Hitman Hart in a kiss my foot match where the loser must kiss the other's foot or feet. And this card is just absolutely stacked. Yeah, we got a little treat. We get to see the Owen Hart with Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette versus the British Bulldog in the next match. The treat, first of all, it's a better match than yeah. what we're accustomed to seeing. And second, Gorilla Monsoon and Jim Ross on the call instead of Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler. I don't know why they made that call. Aside, maybe they were trying to give the impression that Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon were 
at the alternate location as opposed to them being in Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. in yeah. the high school auditorium in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, the Struther, the Struthers Auditorium. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting because there's one point where they have a camera angle and you can see like the gym wall. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I uh, not a, it may, they, to their credit, most of the shots it looks like it's a busy place. Yeah, exactly. It looks like your average building for that time. Not huge, but not. It's not the Hammerstein where you get claustrophobic just looking at it sometimes. And I just happened upon it when I was looking. I forget what I was looking up, and I, I see like a, a line out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, it's at Struthers High School. Like you joke. When you joke about low rent, oh, I'm going to see an, an indie show in some high school gym. This Monday Night Raw was taking place in a public high school gym in Ohio. And that just, I was stunned by that. Yeah. And Vince said in, during the cold open area, he said, it's a jam packed arena, 1,450 <laughs> people. So for a high school gym, you know what? It probably was jam packed. It just, absolutely. it's not 15,000 people or anything, but it's whatever. This Syracuse, this, okay, so the other location is Syracuse. They go to Owen Hart versus the British Bulldog. It's actually taped May 14th in a dark match before In Your House. Ah, so okay. that's where this comes from. Jim Ross, Grill Monsoon doing commentary. Now, at one point, Owen Hart does some European uppercuts, and Jim Ross says that is vintage Stu Hart. Now, Jim is a bit older, but I don't think Jim saw Stu Hart matches. <laughs> uh, once again, overarching theme with professional wrestling is never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yes, no kidding. <laughs> Big delayed vertical suplex from Davy Boy Smith. Great spinning heel kick from Owen Hart. They let us know as soon as they, so they do a commercial break. As soon as we get back from that commercial break, they are on us about the time. We are running short on time. This 15-minute match. And Davey hits the running power slam. Owen's too close to the ropes. So no three count there. And eventually we get ourselves to a time limit draw. Not before they do a small small package. A small package gets reversed. Owen does a backslide. Lots of pinfall attempts yes. in the last two, three minutes. But no, no winner there. So compare this, John, with WrestleMania 4, Rick Root and Jake the Snake. <laughs> alpha and omega polar <laughs> opposites <laughs> yeah. yeah in any event gorilla monsoon explains that both guys are eliminated from the tournament and jim ross says we do have one spot remaining so he kicks it over to vince and jerry lawler to explain what's going to happen and vince just says jack tunney will have to get back to us right now not to go all the way back to the beginning here but had you ever heard the combination of Monsoon and JR call a match before? Because no, I don't believe just, I have. Yeah, this that was the kind of part of the treat. You yeah. get a nice Davy Boy Owen match, and you get a an interesting combo of Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon, who, in fairness to them, they did a pretty good job here, despite the fact that majority of the time that they would have been announcing, they were doing the same role. Exactly. It was a combination I never would have expected, and I wouldn't have expected it to work out quite as well as it did. They seemed to play off each other just fine, taking turns, calling the action and whatnot. I think it, it really worked. It's a shame that 
to my knowledge, that's the only time those two called a match together. And maybe it's because I just watched it recently. This match felt an awful lot, other than the fact that Davey, I believe, was... I'm trying to think. This was at a time where Owen was a heel. Right. Davey was part of the Allied Powers. Okay, so yeah, so they they were on opposite sides here. Aside from that, it felt a lot like the finals of the initial European title match because that was also cut away because yep. that, that took place in Germany on the European tour, yet it was being played on Monday Night Raw. And other than the fact that they were partners at the time as opposed to being babyface and heel here, it felt a lot like that match. Oh, that's yeah, that is fascinating. That and that would come along what maybe the within two years yeah yeah makes sense they worked well here 3.9 million people would have roughly 3.9 million people would have seen it but i would imagine in two years you've got a slightly different audience sure so that works out now jerry the king lawler says that he has not washed his feet in over two weeks and he won't be washing them until after king of the ring and he i guess he he further explains the stipulation that the loser has to kiss the other's feet or whatever. So Vince McMahon brings Bret Hart out. Bret rededicates the King of the Ring match to all of his family and fans that he let down it in your house. And he promises to put Jerry's own feet in his mouth. Lovely. <laughs> Jerry's super confident. He didn't, you know, when the bell rang at in your house and Bret came out and he wasn't limping, he wasn't too super confident, but he's very confident here. Yeah. Yeah. And he absolutely has that heel confidence. I cheated badly to win the first time, but I'm going to pretend I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you now. Like I dominated. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Next up is Jean-Pierre Lafitte going up against Jerry Flynn. No Jerry Flynn too, but uh, yes. he's not in his gi pants from his WCW days. So he looks <laughs> a little different in the trunks. Yep. One minute 31, not much of a run here against the man who would be known as PCO, but he did get PCO, Jean-Pierre Lafitte, did use a cannonball for the pinfall victory. So very similar to what he would go on to do. And he hit a tope to the floor that I don't know how he'd break his legs on the barricade when he landed. Because he's not human. Right, exactly. I barely remember this character and this run for him, but man, it, it sure looks a lot like what the man's still doing. Yeah, during the match, Vince took again one and a half minute match, and they took time to explain the what was going on with the King of the Ring. Vince announced that since Owen and Bulldog couldn't finish each other off in 15 minutes, we were going to sub in their partners, their respective tag team partners. Yokozuna would be facing Lex Luger, and then they go through the whole thing that these guys have a storied past, and we're going to get a video package in a few minutes to explain that historic past which again first you got to see yoko winning the championship from hogan then you see the whole intrepid scene the yeah. race up to wrestlemania 10 all that so you get the whole thing there that plays Express, baby. that's right <laughs> next week we have the yoko and lex match we have bam bam bigelow in action man mountain rock will be in action and bob Backlund will definitely be there because that music needs to end. And then Lawler will be sharing a training video. Yes. And point of note, we were told last week we were getting Man Mountain Rock this week, so I feel cheated. 
He better be on next week's show. Some things don't change. <laughs> Love you, Vince. <laughs> okay, so that pretty much covers Monday Night Raw from June 5th. A couple of notes that I have. The, the King of the Ring show that's coming up in Philadelphia, and so just a couple of weeks away at this point, has... And I am talking about the past, just right. to be clear on that part. The King of the Ring 1995 at this point, around the June 5th time frame, has already sold 11,000 tickets. So it's got a pretty good advance. The Syracuse show, the In Your House show the month before, only sold, I want to say around seven, but it was heavily papered. Sure. And the gate didn't cover the cost of the house. So. Okay. Maybe the pay-per-view monies probably did, but the, sure. the gate did not. So. And something we didn't talk about in the when we did the In Your House episode oh. is there was a pre-show for the In Your House episode. And this is the famous situation where Jim Ross is interviewing Sid, and Sid stumbles over his words and asks for a retake. And Jim Ross <laughs> has to say, we're live, buddy. We're <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. So it's a shame that during our in your house episode we didn't have that tidbit I totally forgot about that <laughs> wanted, to, wanted to make sure that we covered down on that like a week or so later but anyway june 5th 1995 monday night raw that pretty much is in the books john anything we didn't talk about just a small teeny tiny point of note one of the this is as if you go to what is it the fandom wrestling fandom or whatever where they run down the matches when you get to the live, we're in this pattern here where they do a live show and at that same location and essentially on that same day or weekend, they tape the next three or four episodes. It seems like the first live show always has four or five really good dark matches yeah. that don't see the light of day. And one of the, this is the first show at that building. One of the dark matches, not between two big stars, because there was Undertaker fought in a dark match on this. There were a bunch of really good, once again, dark matches. Just a little tiny asterisk. Bob Holly defeats Chris Benoit in one of the dark That's matches. That's right. That was a tryout match for Benoit, and apparently he'd done very well. Now, the interesting thing about that Benoit-Holly match is they actually, because Raw was live, remember, they, they threw the broadcast to the taped match from from Syracuse that's when the Benoit Holly match took place on um, in the arena nice yeah so that the people in the arena weren't sitting there watching monitors or doing dead air type of thing yeah that is a interesting tidbit about this taping is that it was a Benoit trial match and the reports said he was the best person on the show that but of course he did not get signed he was under contract to new japan at the time so he would have had to give up his dates in new japan to go work for wf eventually we know he ends up in wcw and then ultimately i think in 2000 2000 he shows up on on monday night raw so a few years away by the time he shows up raw is two or three hours long yes exactly but okay not a bad episode of monday night raw because it had that nice little tidbit in the middle and we got to talk about <laughs> the bitterness between wcw and wwf heating up all right so we will see everybody back tomorrow for another episode of the daily wrestling news show it'll be our 
what let me just confirm before i say that yeah we'll see you back tomorrow for another episode of the daily wrestling news show it'll be one of our short five ten minute episodes excellent see you then the daily wrestling news show is a minutes to bell time production Find out more at minutestobelltime.com. Today's episode was recorded by Ryan Joy and John DeConti. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. We'll see you tomorrow with another 5 to 10 minute episode.